Projecting the jump. Projecting the jump. Projecting the jump. Projecting the jump. It's Nathan, Licky, and Jay. They're projecting the jump today. Will they guess right? Nobody knows. It's a podcast. It's about basketball. I grind for the love of the game. Takes remain scorching hot, although the days may not. I grind for the love of the game. Approaching the season's quarter mark. Let's give it some thought. I'm down to think. I'm down to think. I can't wait to hear this the R-rated version of these intros, like like the Flying J After Dark uh, podcast. We're just uh, we're not worried about any Yahoo like explicit labels on the podcast. Just like just letting it rip. I, I think I think the people might want to hear that. Some darker flows. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. I think one of these times I just need to like come in and not have any idea what I'm saying and just like spew. It needs to be a day where like you know, something went terribly wrong in fantasy and I'm very angry. Yeah, that could be my last two weeks, but uh, go on. <laughs> yeah, I guess just in case the people were wondering, because when we last recorded, uh, Licky and I had a, an undefeated, a matchup of undefeated teams. Um, it was a hell of a matchup back and forth. Um, some people might cite some late scratches as a reason for ultimately falling to, to, to me as I remain undefeated. Me and James Robinson, shout out James Robinson, I apologize. Um, so I roll, I roll on hoping to get to six and oh, uh, but some of these late scratches to make this, you know, content worthy. Uh, I think you had one with PJ Washington and then you had one with Jordan Poole. where like the, the players lock the game starts at four, but then something, you know, I think Poole turned an ankle in warmups, but that was after four, the NBA has to fix this. We, we should not have players locking when they're doing layups. It was tough. And, you know, it, I feel like. I don't usually get too upset about those. I feel like they typically even out. It was frustrating when it came down to it, you know, looking at the end of the results at the end of the day, Sunday and being like, Oh, I lost by three assists and, and 20 points. I was like, well, there, there it is. Like, um, so, you know, but hopefully that all evens out in the grand scheme of things. But, uh, in, in the moment, uh, um, and I'm sure at some point we'll, we probably, uh, uh, we can get to our grumpy old man, do our kind of a, our uh, gripes take. I, I feel like that podcast is probably coming, but uh, but but now it's not the time for that. So now, now we got some good reflection in front of us. Gripes takes. I, a quick format question for you, and I'm really curious what you think. And I my answer has evolved a bit. So I the other two category-based leagues I'm in, they're Yahoo leagues, and we've talked about this before. It's head-to-head format, but the overall record is the categories one. So I'm in first place in one league. I think I was 22 and 12 categories one and lost. Uh, I went through. I would have won all those matchups. There's another league. Um, I think it's benefited me to have the categories being the overall record. But there's something about our league when just you can swallow that bitter pill at the end when someone picks up a streamer and you lose because of the strategy. There's there, there's definitely more strategy, and I feel like the the better you know the people in the league, the more I lean towards having it just be a five to four. And that's your, you know, then it's a, but it, there's something nice about it. It's almost like it blends what people like about rotisserie leagues with head to head. Like, where are you at mm-hmm. with that? Have you done one that has that win loss record uh, be the categories one and lost? You know, I, I, I'm not sure I have actually, now that you say that, um, you know, I, I, I kind of like the, the fact of the category is that you, 
that you can just go hard into punts. And I love, I love just to see like how that radically different that you can have two roster constructions. We have, we have one, there's one team in our league that I think has six centers. Um, it, like the, the roster construction is, is wild. It hardly makes any sense. Um, and the valuation for players that would make his team are so insanely different than their valuations that would make, um, uh, another team in the league that has, that's going guard heavy. And I, I think that's fun. I kind of like that. Just like, um, you know, it, it's, it's just two, two radically different things and a little bit rotisserie. I feel like, uh, while it is fun and I've done rotisserie before, uh, you kind of can, it's, it's fun if you're competing and it gets pretty old. Yeah. If about halfway through the season, you realize that you're in a pretty deep hole and, uh, there's not a lot of chance to opportunities to climb your way out of it. Yeah. Well thought. I, I like the head to head win loss format because it does force you to commit to a build. And that also incentivizes trading, like trading that makes sense mm. to try to commit mm-hmm. to the build, to try to strengthen it. Um, so I like that about it. So you're not just doing a, like a rankings evaluation, just trying to, you know, sell somebody at the perfect time just because you think it's a sell high you need to consider your bill i like that about it well jumping into this i i'm kind of uh I've, i'm wondering if we took this the same direction i mean we, we kind of the open prompt was kind of a pre-quarter season review um i really wanted to look at it through the lens of players i was surprised by both for good and for bad um so the guys on my list they're 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 far from victory laps because you know if if I had a guy high and he's and he's crushing it he's not included on this list because because I thought that he would do well or if I thought he was gonna do if he's gonna be bust and he was then he's not he, then there's no surprise there so oh so but almost by definition um, the guys that I'm going to be talking about are are guys that are almost misses on my rankings because because I was so surprised about it. Um, um, so it'll be, um, I'm kind of curious as we go through, if, if it'll be kind of fun to reflect back on those and see if, see if you had the same takes on them going into the season or, or, or not. Interesting. Yeah. So for me, so this is just for the people to put a stamp on it. This is our quarterly review in fantasy basketball. Um, the basic premise is I, I kind of went through ADPs thus far, and I wanted to point out players who had vastly out or underperformed those ADPs. Uh, and give a little bit of actionable advice as far as like, is this sustainable? Are there reasons for that production being somebody's been out of the lineup? Like what a usage jump. Um, so I did focus more on players who stand out when you come through where they were drafted and where they're ranked um, for the purpose of just kind of giving some actionable advice on those players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think, uh, I think to start this podcast, <laughs> to start this theme, um, Let's start. There's only one player that we can start with. Uh, I think we can both agree on this one. You might have him on your list. Go on. Maybe, maybe you don't. So we just discussed in that ADP examination podcast that we did um, that if you wanted to take this player second after the Joker, uh, we would not blame you. Turns out that that was the right spot for Tyrese Halliburton. You know, I think even yeah. us being Halley optimists, even the greatest Halley optimists. You got to be pleasantly surprised with what he's done. I mean, it's been a crazy jump. I think the comp I gave uh, Halliburton was peak um, Steve Nash in a modern NBA offense. And I think that's kind of the player we have. Um, So his per game rank, which is by by the averages, uh, is Mm -hmm. third. His totals uh, is 
fifth, and that's the season rank you see in the upper left of your Yahoo uh, player screen. He's been fluctuating between second and fifth all year. His final ADP was seven. So, you know, the average draft room didn't find him to be the player to take number two. Uh, I think we, you know, if you. Seven, really? That, that yeah. was the real. I, wow, I'm surprised about that, actually. I was too. Yeah, his final ADP ended up being seven, you know, and I think if we did a redraft, it might not be consensus, but uh, he would be not my number two. And I think he'd be the most common number two off the board, don't you? Yeah, either him or SGA. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, so the Pacers were really fun, not just because their games are complete, like 1980s, like Nuggets, you know, Love it. Sh- shootouts. Um, first, but I, first to 140. Yeah, exactly. And I think the, they are going to be in the play-in tournament. They won their bracket, I believe. Mm-hmm. But I like these teams, and I've alluded to this in the past, teams that are going to stay in the fight till the bitter end meaning they're right on the bubble of getting like the fifth or sixth seed, or they're going to be fighting for play in positioning. And so I think the Pacers are one of those teams. Um, the default Yahoo playoff schedule has them as a three, three, four. Um, so championship week, mm. when you're, get, you're getting a four out of Halley, the Nuggets have a two game week, which is interesting. So, you know, would you want, you know, obviously they could, Halley could maybe sit one of those games, depending, we don't know, but you know, right. all things equal. Would you want four games of Halley? Or two games of Joker. I just thought that was a nice little nugget. Nice pun, in, nice pun in there too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's been crushing it. I mean, he's leading the league in assists. Um, kind of just really just he's just taking every single step, every single thing that we've seen him do well last year and the year before. He's just kind of elevated on that um, pace of play. Is I think like as you alluded to, is a huge thing. Dude, just they're getting shots up in 10 seconds. And so he's getting so many opportunities um, to just accumulate stats out there that, and there doesn't seem to be any slowing down for that because on top of that, um, I mean, the the way they're doing it is working. I mean, they're winning games. They're, they're, they're right, right where they wanted to be kind of right in that fringy bubble. Um, And yeah, he's, he's doing that all with, I think almost the most surprising part is he's doing it with efficiency too. So um, it seems super sustainable young guy taking the next step. Uh, This is uh, he, this is here to stay. This feels really real. And the joy he plays with is palpable for that team. You love players like that. You do. Yeah. 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 Yeah, He's like a, like a, like a young, uh, uh, (laughs) young flying J out there, but that's quite the honor. So, I, yeah, I went with a layup. I just think we had to touch on Hallie to start. Nate, I assume, is going to dive a little bit deeper. So who who have you unearthed for your first player for this prompt? Well, I'm, I'm not necessarily diving deeper right off the bat. I'm, I'm going to the guy that I was surprised who has been doing as poorly as he has, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Um, and and that's Cade Cunningham. Um, mm-hmm. I His Yahoo pre-draft was 43 I had him. I was really bullish on him. I had him yeah. as, as nineteen, um, and he's currently at one twenty-eight. Yeah. So um, there's been some ink spilled on him over the last week on different sites, kind of diving into some of the the more advanced metrics of what's going on. Um, because on first blush, his box score numbers twenty-two, four, and seven are, are really strong, but but what's just absolutely crushing him is is he's shooting 41% from the field. He doesn't have a single game, not a single game this season where he shot over 50%. Good work, uh, Matt. Good work to come through those box scores. 
Yeah, and uh, and he's he's I mean he's a league league worst four and a half turnovers a game. Um, so he's just crushing you uh, on those things. Um, were you were you? I remind me. I know we talked about it a little bit. Were you were you bullish on him, or are you kind of closer to where his ADP was? I remember when you said you had him nineteenth. I kind of I kind of sat back in my chair and went like, "Dang!" Like I'm not that high on him. Um, so no, I mean I was I was definitely somewhere in the. Uh, like where Pascal Siakam was going, I definitely would have taken Cunningham over him. I liked him if you could get him in the late third, early fourth. There's something about the Pistons that just stinks. Just there's a real stench on that organization, and you know the price you had to pay for him. He, and he's been not injury prone, but he's been in and out of the lineup throughout his career. Um, and I just I didn't want to build a team around him as a top three guy this season. He's more of a DFS target for me um, in great matchups with high pace. But yeah, early season long, um, I, he was he was I guess he was a bit of a fade for me, just where he was going. Not terrible yeah, that, fade. That's fair. I I uh, happen to be working with a with a Pistons fan right now, which is kind of fun. Oh I don't get a, don't get an opportunity to like do deep dive Pistons <laughs> talk that often, and so uh, so I've, I've kind of vetted this one out a decent amount, and it's given me some reason to watch watch more Pistons games than I ever might have, um, and oh. so and. Watching him, and I'm curious to see if this this makes any sense. This is just something I was like floating around in my head as I was watching him this last game. Was he kind of reminds me a little bit? And sorry for the cross sport analogy. Um, he kind of reminds me a little bit of a late career Le'Veon Bell, um, in that he has the size. He's got the size and the ball handling to get anywhere he wants to on the court, and he gets the paint, and he gets there with this real slow motion, really deliberate movement, just like Le'Veon Bell would kind of like just slight, like lightly jog to the line. And then, you know, then he'd have the burst to take off um, where Cade kind of has this, he, he gets into the lane, he gets right to the spot where he wants to, but then he seems to not know what to do or not have the burst uh, to, to kind of exploit that spot in, in the paint. And it kind of leads to him just getting, blocked a lot by centers or just kind of coughing up the ball. Um, yeah. So I don't know if that analogy makes any sense. Well, I'm glad. Yeah. I think like when Le'Veon Bell went to the jets and he just didn't have the burst, I was afraid it was going to be a tennis comp or something. I was like, when you, when you were describing Kate Cunningham, getting himself into those situations, it reminded me of that clip of your boy, Jordan pool that went viral when he crossed the dude up and he like just ended up too open and he would have had to take like he would have had to take like an eight foot floater and said he leans in and just gets his shot annihilated by the big guy that was in front of him i feel like it was uh duran detroit but dude yeah there's something about Cade's game where there's a hesitation uh i don't know if it's coaching i don't know if it's like uh his injuries that he's experienced and his body he doesn't trust like his body burst. i don't know like a burst but yeah but yeah no yeah kate has been frustrating but he's still one of those players that I've, I've pulled up multiple times in leagues and thought about offering a buy low yeah i i still at this i mean at this point if you can find somebody that actually an owner that actually thinks that he's uh you know a 120s guy and you can get him for a top you know for anywhere in that value like you hop on it i think i think you're gonna he's young enough i think they're um the the opportunities there, I think it's there's still a buy low opportunity, but uh, it just depends on what the, the the person that's rostering him thinks. And at this stage in his career, the Pistons are not going to need to bench Kate Cunningham to lose games. So. No, they do not. No, they do not. That's a good one. 
Uh, all right, well, let's jump into my next guy. Um, and it just what a time to be a Tyrese. Got to stick with the Tyrese theme here. Uh, we got to do Tyrese Maxey. Uh, this is a player that I found over the years has had his doubters. Uh, just doing dialogue the past couple of years. You know, I took him in a keeper league last year and got a whole got a chorus of booze. You know, that guy sucks. Um, so I have a little bit of a personal I got. He's one of my guys. Um, but what I've seen is a budding young star that was waiting to get out from behind a scraggly old beard. <laughs> and now that he's done that, Tyrese Maxey is just taking his opportunities. And man, he's infectious. Tyrese has loved to have a good time with the basketball. You can see it. Um, so his per game rank is averages eighth, eighth overall. His totals, six overall. Uh, mm. his, his final ADP was 54th. And the most important stat of all, of course, Flying J's personal exposure, 50%. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. I, we love talking about your exposure rates. Isn't that nice? Uh, I think the number one factor here is 38 minutes a game. I mean, the kid is just so full of energy, so full of juice. Um, that's hard to find. I, I don't have minutes per game. He has the Nick Nurse bump, which we love. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, you're getting 26 and a half points a game. You're getting seven dimes. You're getting five rebounds. You're getting 0.8 steals and 0.7 blocks. And if you care about this, and Nate, I know you do, 1.4 turnovers. That's yeah, a- that's a shocking. That uh, that's a really shocking number there. It doesn't. It almost doesn't compute. It's nuts, dude. Yeah, I, that one jumped off the page to me today. Uh, there's nothing here to not love. He shoots 90% from the free throw line on five and a half attempts a game. Uh, and I, I see no reason to believe this isn't the player that Tyrese Maxey is. I get that he was picked in the mid, mid-20s, I think maybe number 22 overall. Uh, I watched him a lot in college at Kentucky, uh, followed him closely. I compared him to Nick Van Exel. I thought he was an erratic shot maker. I never saw a, a player who could lead a team as far as the key distributor. Um, I didn't see this coming until he got into the NBA, and then he really blossoms, but... I'm curious what's been your impression on Tyrese Maxey before he was in this role. Like, how surprised are you? I know he was a hot commodity, but he was still a great value, obviously, 54th uh, ADP. Um, so, yeah, what are your thoughts on Maxey coming in and now? Yeah, I uh, it, it, it's a little bit of uh, – I'm conflicted, and, and I feel like there's going to be a little bit of crow. I'm going to be eating this whole podcast just the way I designed my, uh, <laughs> my, my sheet. But, uh, okay. but I was a, I'll be fair. I was a, a maxi doubter. Um, uh-huh. I, uh, I, I'm going to, I apologize to the 76er fans in my life. Um, I, I under, I underestimated his potential, um, to an extent. I mean, to be fair, you, you said his, his final AP was 54 on my personal rankings. I still had him at 33. So mm-hmm. I was, I think I was more bull on him than the wider fantasy community um but i was quite a bit but i had but i did was did not ever expect this leap um i did not expect it at all um so i i'm quite surprised by it um he's like you said he's fun as hell to watch and uh um and it's and it's great to see especially to see as a james harden uh not quite a James Harden fan. It's it's fun to see that also kind of him blossoming, getting out of that shadow. It's really cool. I, it stopped a lot of things. It stopped. It's halted the Joel Embiid to the Knicks trade talk. Uh, it's saved some jobs over there in Philly. Um, I think a lot of people thought it was crazy that the Sixers did not want to include uh, Maxi and a Damian Lillard trade 
And in a couple of years, Sixers fans are going to, I think they're happy now, but think about it. I mean, the kid's what, 22 years old. I mean, that was obviously very smart. Yeah. Yeah. It's looking, looking quite smart. Um, I'm going to stick in Philadelphia while you, while you were here and uh, Paul Reed, baby. And I'm not going to be ball Paul Reed. Uh, (laughs) despite the, the back row Sixer fans here. Uh, I'm going to get, I got to give some flowers uh, to Tobias Harris, right on. Uh, who I feel like he's a bit of a punching bag at, of sorts in the fantasy community, or he's, he's often him and a Harrison Barnes are kind of a stand in for average fantasy player. Uh, you know, he's kind of just your nondescript background guy, but he is having a great season. Um, he really is. He's, he's, uh, his Yahoo rankings was 101. Um, I I had him at 78. He's currently the 32nd ranked player. Um, he's just having a great season, it, and he, and he's doing it with a trickle of stats and across the board and really high efficiency. Um, 19 six and three. You know, yeah. I, and I guess really, uh, you know, I was kind of curious, you know, because he's been pretty poor the last couple years, and so I was kind of curious, is like, is this? Um, is this a getting out from James Harden um, situation or is this just kind of early season? It's a handful of games can kind of skew your numbers. And so um, I guess I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it. Um, the, but looking at it real quick before, before that was just, um, you know, on one hand, I, I'm, I, I went back and forth on this. So I, I really am interested to hear your, your take on this, but um, on one hand, he has, it's the third lowest usage rate of his 12-year career at the moment. Um, so it's not like he's taking on, a, shouldering a bigger load now that Harden's not there. Um, and the, uh, but it is, but on the other side of it, he's shooting 32% from three. He's a 37% shooter. Um, so mm. there's, um, there's some positive regression that can happen on threes. The flip side is, there, there's no way he shoots better than he currently is because he's shooting 91% from the line, 53% from the field. Uh, those are significantly above his career average. Uh, what do you think? I mean, at at 32, um, would you trade? You, you what do you what are the odds he's six in the top 50 this season? I'll start moving backwards. So yeah, like you said, he's he's kind of regressed a little bit, but he's regressed too much. Uh, he's the last week. He's 238. Um, and over the past two weeks, he's 93rd. Um, I took him at number 86 in a nine cat league. And I, lo- and I loved it. It's one of those picks where people kind of like just kind of breeze past him because he's kind of boring, but mm-hmm. you used that boring pick used to come in the fifties. Now that boring pick was coming in the eighties. Um, yeah. so you can kind of bake that in. Um, I really appreciate the nugget about the usage rates. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love Tobias Harris as kind of a, he's like an upscale glue guy for your fantasy team. You know, he, he, he just does a lot of things really well. And I would, I would say he's a buy low right now because nobody, I'm a fan. I'm a Tobias Harris fan, but if I got, you know, the right offer, I consider moving him out. I think anyone's married to him. I think he's, I think uh, he's a good buy low right now. Um, and there's no reason if you look at that roster, although his usage is a little bit down, I mean, Nick Batum isn't going to be the reason for that. I mean, he's clearly the third option on the team. Um, mm-hmm. and his minutes are locked in. So I love Tobias Harris as a safety net for a nine cat roster. Um, and I love the shout out to the old vet. Yeah. He fits every build too. So it's, you're right. He's a, he's a good trade guy across the board too. Yeah, exactly. He's shooting 36% from the field the past week, but 52 on the season and he shot 50 last season. So yeah, goodbye low right now. 
Good shout out, brother. Okay, well, the next player is someone I'm looking forward to talking to you, Neutron Clean, about. Uh, because we're both really high on this guy coming in. Um, he slowed down a little bit from the first round start to the season. And to be fair, I think there was like a crystal, shining, glimmering sell-high window there uh, for a bit if you got a crazy enough offer. If you, you could have flipped him at one point for a player, he might have a longer sustained first-round stretch. Um, but still, uh, the high end of the optimism we had on this guy has certainly been reached, and that is Scotty Bonds. Scotland Barnes. Gotta talk Scotland Bonds. All right, so we'll go over the numbers a little bit, just to give you an idea, a snapshot of where he started, where he's at now. Uh, so his per game rank, his averages, he's still 16th. He is 38th the past two weeks. Uh, his totals, so his season rank, he's number nine. So when I tell you he slipped to 38th, I'll remind you that his final ADP was 50, 5 0. Mm. Um, so that's the thing. I mean, he uh, is still outperforming, even though he slipped a little bit. Uh, I saw a tweet today. Uh, somebody like, take us back to the you know days when Scotty Barnes was good. And then he put up a really nice line at the end. And um, yeah, I think people are ready to assume he'll slip back to where he was last year because uh, he was pretty bad last year for, for long stretches. Um, mm-hmm. So one thing I looked into was his usage rates. Uh, his usage mm-hmm. rate ha- has been on a little bit of a decline since the season started. Uh, one of the big problems is it seems like him and Pascal Siakam kind of take turns. It's hard to anticipate when that'll be. Uh, yeah. They really have big usage nights at the same time. Um, his usage rate is 23.3, which is below Pascal Siakam's of 25. Yeah, it's not bad, really. It's not. It's kind of low. It's kind of low. So 23.3 is right in the range of Tim Hardaway Jr., favorite of the pod, and Karis Karis LeVert. So you'd like to see that higher. I mean, these are guys who are ball dominant when they're on the court. So it's kind of an interesting stat. I mean, Karis LeVert's out there running second units or filling in Donovan Mitchell misses. Um, Still, I think it's safe to say he was a bargain um, where you're able to get him. Um, Quick quick look at his numbers here. Um, Last season, he averaged 15 points. He's given you 19 this year. Last year, he averaged 6.6 rebounds. This year, 9.2. His dimes are up from 4.8 to 5.6. And the stocks have really been what have come back around. You and I have talked about Mm -hmm. that. Um, Getting 1.2 blocks and 1.7 steals. Uh, And sometimes those come in droves. Um, And there's three point. You're getting two threes a game out of him. You're shooting 38% from three. Um, I know. That's that's an equally big surprise there. Exactly. So his shooting's better. His free throws are right where they don't kill you. Uh, mm-hmm. 75%. Um, so I guess actionable here. Um, I think there was a sell high window, like I said, when he was just killing it and people had, I didn't draft Scotty Barnes regret. Um, quick flying J exposure check, uh, 25%. So I'm enjoying that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, where do you think this heads for Scotty Barnes? Obviously the, the Toronto Raptors seem out of sorts. Uh, they're not that fun of a watch. They have too many wings. Um, so, yeah, what's your rest of season outlook for Scotty? Yeah, it's um, – that's a great question because I think a lot of it is we don't know what the Raptors are going to do. Um, I think, nice. you know, I think everybody thought last season at some point they're going to trade on fleek and they, they just didn't. And then the year before, everybody thought they would trade Kyle Lowry at some point and they just let him walk. Um I thought that for sure they were either going to pick a course about this offseason building around Pascal Siakam or building around Scotty Barnes, and they chose to do neither. And it's kind of really confusing. 
everybody thinks that there's going to be a deadline trade that happens that uh, kind of gives this roster a little bit more long-term direction, but who knows at this point? And so I think it, and it's kind of almost foolish to make a prediction over what's going to happen almost um, that there's going to be a radical change. Um, I mean, as you mentioned, we were both bullish on him. You know, his uh, I had him ranked at 25 on my, on my rankings. Um, clearly I didn't, but I clearly didn't see this this outbreak happening, um, which is pretty cool. Um, one thing I was curious, I mean, and we talked about this uh, a bit when we were kind of going back and forth on a few few different Raptors, um, was kind of like what what we thought the outcome was because it, it seemed pretty up in the air. Um, and so I, I wanted to just look to see what the Nick Nurse effect was on a few of these big players. Um, and, and really because, you know, everybody talks about the Nick, Nick Nurse minutes bump. Yeah. Uh, you, you were talking about it with Maxie just a few minutes ago, playing 38 minutes. Um, but, uh, but so Scotty Barnes last year played uh, 35 minutes. This year he's playing 34 and a half. So it's, he's not seeing any difference in, in minutes, but that he seems to be the one player on that roster that's immune to that uh, minutes reduction because Pascal's going from 37 to 34. OG's going from 36 to 32. Um, Gary Trent is the big loser in this, obviously going from 32 to 26. But uh, it, it is interesting that they have, they've kind of kept Scotty Barnes at this level and, uh, um, and it's fun to see, you know, it's, you were talking about Halburn being a joyish guy to, to watch play Scotty Barnes is the same way on the open court. He's a terror. Hey mm. man. Yeah. No, I love watching him play. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Is it, is a uh, side Jerry good or, or did he kind of luck into Kawhi Leonard trade and just sat on his thumbs ever since? It's interesting because there's been a few of these Nuggets guys that have been crushing it as Nuggets, and then they leave the Nuggets and they're more jumbled after that. They have they kind of have a little bit more of the cachet to stick around. Um, I don't know. Oh, I mean, he picked Scotty Barnes over what everybody said Terrell uh, was going to be Suggs, so yeah. you got to give him credit there. Um, I'm going to still say he's good, but uh, he's almost seems like he's got almost too much power at he this would point. Be, he, he'd be really bad on the stock market. I feel like he's the guy that like, and I don't want to use terms I don't understand, but he, he <laughs> Oh yeah. I thought, wait, wait, wait a second. <laughs> this is the guy, this is the guy that has his own, his own, uh, 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 stock podcast, right? So like, or, or money, money market podcast. I think you're referring to flying Jay's business pod. Now listen. Oh, business uh, pod. I'm sorry. Right. So you remember the, remember the top shop market that was just booming for a minute, the NBA top shop market. Yeah. That was dumb. Yeah. It was dumb. And like, there was a point where you could sell these things for serious coin. And I feel like aside, Jerry's the guy that's still sitting there like every night in the dark, like looking at his top shot collection that he never sold. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it is with this guy, but he's not willing to like, he's the opposite of Danny Ainge. Like he's not willing to assess when the situation calls for getting out. I mean, but this team is poorly constructed. I mean, people have offered treasure chests for OG Ananobi. You know, what's going to happen. He's going to pass his peak. He's going to show he shouldn't yep. be the second best player on a yep. team with aspirations and he's going to, his value is going to expire. That's what Asai Jiri does. It's unfortunate. Yes. Good guy. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely, I mean, 
if you if you listen to the you hear the rumors over like what Memphis and Portland offered for OG mm. over the last year and a half, it's kind of criminal to not take that because he really is he's a fourth best guy on the team. But uh, but we're not talking about OG. But uh, who are we talking um, about? Well, we one thing we're talking we're talking about stock watches in general and guys that are in and things that are outperforming their you know their ADPs. And one thing that I that I've noticed is just crushing. Um, it's ADP is Steelbridge Coffee, um, and and Steelbridge Coffee. I mean, you're talking about that's a it's it's a it's a one man band. Right? He's got a couple employees at this point, but it's uh, but it's fair trade coffee, all organic beans, uh, locally roasted. And if you go to SteelbridgeCoffee.com backslash PTJ, um, you can kind of go on there, peruse the cards that he's got, and you get four pounds. Of, of really sustainably sourced coffee delivered to your door, no shipping costs or, or anything like that. Um, and it, it's a really fair price and it's really, really high quality beans. I mean, that's just absolutely crushing its ADP, in my opinion. I just picked up I just picked up a Des- Dennis Rodman card yesterday, actually, from them. Bulls, Spurs, Pistons? You know, I haven't got it in the mail yet. So I just I just saw Dennis Rodman. It's, it's his, uh, I think it's Pistons. I'm pretty sure it's Pistons. So it's, it's a young one. We love Pistons, Dennis Rodman. It's before I met Carmen Electra and friends. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy here. But uh, okay. uh, but 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 moving on though, um, one guy that is that doing is having a really good season, and and I did I honestly did not see it coming. Don't take my guy. Don't take my guy. Um, I we'll, we'll see. I, I honestly I, I thought I thought this guy was on the downhill. Um, I'm almost calling this the Brooke Lopez light resurgence. Shout out. Um, yeah, it's I. I just thought that last season was his last season being uh, on a roster year round, and I and I was wrong. And that's Jonas Valanciunas. Um, right, damn, good shout out. I I I just he was he was ranked 105, um, and he's currently 33. Like I love uh, Valen Daddy, but I happily dropped him when I picked up Zara Thompson draft night. I was like, all right, sorry, Valen Daddy, we're done, we're done here. Yeah, I, I just assumed you're oh, okay. Like I, I can find another guy to get me to get me the nine and eight that you're gonna that you're gonna be dropping um, without that game the game upside. But he's shown that again this year. He it really is, and it's it, it's it's such a surprise because uh, it kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, last year he was ranked 109th, 109th uh, um, and and so I was like, why? I mean, he's on the same team. Same same players on that roster. Same Zion's coach. been healthy. Um, I guess this Zion's been healthy. You know, I, I, w- I went through and it's like his minutes are the same, his points are the same, his rebounds, threes, field goal percentage, they're all the same. Um, the and really the only thing what it is is he he half his turnovers down to one a game, which is zero basically. It's just almost none, and he doubled his blocks up to one point four. So that's wow. really what you're getting. Um, you're getting one and a half blocks with with really high end rebounding and good field goal percentage. So um, kudos to him. I I didn't think it, I didn't I really thought he was kind of a a streamer. So uh, but he's he's tuning into a really good fantasy season. God, I love the shout out. You know, I love me some Val and Daddy. One problem with a player like Valanciunas coming into the year and not anticipating, and I'm curious if the 1.4 blocks will sustain. That to me, that screams maybe he's a sell high is you can only roster so many center-only players. Like So by the yeah. time you, you've drafted your three to four, or you, maybe you got one off the waiver wire, a hot commodity early if you're a Derek Lively guy, um, someone like that, 
it's really hard to roster somebody who seems like they're going to be a marginal player on your team who's center only. And so that's a trap I fell into with Valanciunas. But I love the shout out. I didn't consider him um, for the yeah. list. But man, it's nice to see. Especially He's- early season, it's fair because you kind of assumed he was a low ceiling guy. You assumed he's right. a high floor, low ceiling guy. And, uh, and, and somehow he, he isn't who has a better beard. I don't think anybody, has. it looks great in person. It's so thick. Mm. Fantastic. Yeah, beard. It's a real, real helmet <laughs> face. All right. We'll keep it moving because I'm pumped up that, that Valanchuna shout out really got me going. This is, this is somebody I didn't expect to talk about. And this is a little mini category. I'm going to call this the waiver bicycle glue guy who takes a <laughs> leap to year long holds. I'm gonna wait, wait. I mean, can you run that back just one more time? I if, if yeah. I was listening on the if I was listening to the podcast on my phone, I would just hit the the back 15 <laughs> seconds. But I don't yes. have the ability to do on this. Yes. In the past, the the players I'm about to to mention have been like the waiver wire bicycle. You know, the town bicycle. Mm-hmm. Everybody everybody oh, sure. take everybody takes a ride. You put it back. Um, but these players have taken a leap to year long hold. <laughs> so okay, okay, I like this. <laughs> it's incredibly convoluted, but you know what's not convoluted? No, I I get it now. <laughs> As this player, uh, he went undrafted in most leagues. He was thirteen percent drafted on Yahoo. I'm going to read you the numbers, and you tell me the player. And if you can't get it, that's all love. So his uh, per game rank, so his averages, he's fifty fourth. His totals, so his season rank, he's thirty second. His final ADP was 138. This is his age 27 season, and it's his first season with his new team. He had spent uh, the previous... Max Struis. Yes! Maximum Max Struis, baby. What the hell has gotten into Maximum Struis? <laughs> Man, I love Max Struis. I, uh, I love Max Struis. He was my favorite guy. I've texted you a lot about him. I think I bet on him almost every single game in the playoffs last year mm-hmm. because Vegas just was like, yeah, this guy isn't that good. Like, And you could just hit his overs every single game. Totally. Um, I'm so excited that he's doing so well in Cleveland. I think that's awesome. He's the perfect fit for that team, but this is what confuses me, Nate. So usually when a lifelong role player gets a big contract, which the four mm-hmm. years, $63 million, felt big at the time for Max Drews, yeah. They don't they don't go up a level, not like this. Usually we think about these players as system players. Think back to some of the guys who have played for the Spurs or the Heat, guys that end up getting that first big contract somewhere else and they kind of flatten out. Like Josh Richardson comes to mind. Um, these guys who like or feel like more products of their system. And it turns out that Max Struess was not a byproduct of the Heat system at all. Um, and you know, it's a Heat team that pumps out glue guys by the dozens every year. Uh, right. Man, he's playing 35 minutes a game. Like I said, wow. it's just the perfect role in Cleveland. I mean, this is exactly yes, who they is. needed. And so yes. I looked into it deeper, and I'm wondering, has there been – or the numbers skewed, and we can talk the numbers. You can pull them up on your phone. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably have your fantasy app out. Um, but, you know, <laughs> the, f- the five games without Donovan Mitchell, his stats ticked up slightly across the board, but only marginally. Um, huh. It just corresponded with the two extra minutes that he was getting um, in those games. Okay, so I'm going to do this for our own benefit so I can pick this desk up uh, with no hands. Uh, so Max Drews in 35 minutes a game for Cleveland, all, all starts. In the past, he was a spot starter. Uh, you're getting 14 points a game compared to 11.5 last year. You're getting 5.7 rebounds compared to 3.2. Four dimes out of Strews? Uh, that's wow. That's doubled his previous career high, uh, and his career average, including this season, is still only 1.7. 
Uh, and then for some reason, after a career high of 0.2 blocks, he's blocking 0.7 shots and giving you a steal a game. And if you care about turnovers, the 1.6 turnover shouldn't bother you. Um, man, yeah, three three three-pointers a game. What a cat. He's really jumped up to a glue guy that you just feel real smart for ending up with. He's not someone you can really trade for um, because to, you're not going to trade a top. Are you going to trade Drew Holiday for Max Drews? Maybe. I don't know. I, Max Drews has been more productive. But it's going to take really swallowing it uh, to, to put out an offer that's going to net you Max Drews. But, yeah. Um, anything else on the singers' praises? No, it's so true. I, he was he was a guy that I I had uh, I had higher on my rankings than than everybody else, and I was like, okay, we'll see. This could be my last pick, and it didn't work out. And I was like, that's fine. I'm going. Right. He's going to be on my roster at some right. point early season because yeah. I I have more faith in him. I think than everybody else. And then he just in jumped out of the gate, and he never never had a chance to come back. So I picked him up like week one or week two, and I just have missed out, and um, it, it makes me a little sad. I believe that we'll be seeing an appearance from uh, Mr. Max Drews uh, on the All Glue Guys first team pod that will be coming. I think um, that's really fair. I, I can't imagine that, that he would miss out on that. Just an elite role player. Um, yeah. All right, him. back to you. I love his inclusion. Yeah. So, um, so on this podcast, we take we take swings. Oh, yeah. uh, you're yeah. you're not coming here to get really like our, you know your bus. We're not going to list a bunch of 38 year old guys that are now the eighth best guy in their team. We, we take swings. And uh, and when we take swings, sometimes we miss, you know, uh, I'm guilty of it. I'm, and I'm, but when we, when we do miss, we, we own up here. Let's get and honest. That, and that is, that's what's happening right now. Uh, I am owning up on my huge whiff on one Jordan, Jordan pool. pool. Yep. Yep. Say it, say it together. Uh, I'm not here to slander you. I'm here to support you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his Yahoo rank was 52. As as longtime listeners of this podcast know, I was bullish as can be. I had him at 31. Um, I, I loved I loved the move to Washington. He's currently at 155. Ugh, giant bust. Okay, yeah, we're gonna it's well, we'll try to have a free-flowing conversation here. I, I got it. Yeah. I, I just, because I just remembered my, and I don't want to forget, and I do have ADHD. W- when we talked about Jordan Poole on the um, Panic or Party pod, I, I compared him to projecting a running back to go in and get a bunch of usage on his new team when you just don't know the, how the offense is going to develop. Uh, and, you know, it was fair to project a high usage, everything runs through Poole, monster season. Uh, and I was scared to project that. I just did because I don't I don't believe in the player per se. Uh, but I just want to oh, say that one of us do. Yeah, we both. To be fair, we both think Jordan Poole in real life yeah. is terrible. He's basically and this is make too current of a fantasy football comp for you. But he is fantasy football's Miles Sanders. He went from the Eagles in an incredible system and he was an RB2 for for years to being unplayable for the Carolina Panthers. Horrible mm-hmm. team has won a single game. It's a dead comp. I know who the Eagles are. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, good rock band, man. Good dad rock. Uh, I don't know about that, but uh, I yeah, I mean, across the board, I mean, it, what's what's also surprising is, I guess, I just assumed his floor was last year. Uh, Fair. His new team. Fair. And uh, and he's every single stat, every single stat, points, assists, field goal percentage, three throws attempts, threes. They're all worse. They're all worse than last year. Um, and, and when you watch him play, um, 
you know, and, and I think, well, I guess to step back though, I mean, I think it's, we, when I talked about him before, I guess I, I assumed that he was going to have a, a re- reduction in efficiency moving from the number three guy on a really good offense to the number one guy uh, on a bad team. But I, I guess I thought that, uh, that his 29 minutes a night that he averaged last year in Golden State was going to bump up to like 35 or so. Yeah, and yeah. that would counterbalance all that. And getting all those extra minutes would just, he would just kind of rake it in. Um, when in reality, he's averaging less minutes this year than he did the last two years. Uh, so he's not getting minutes. He's not playing well. When you watch him play, there's just no swagger about him. He seems like a guy that's it's just totally in over his head. And just kind of lost his confidence. Um, I'm not, I'm not ruling out that he can find some mojo. Like he can have one. I feel like he's one of those guys that just is is a full. He's a full moxie guy. Um, and so, like, I think if he has one or two of these games, it's like Austin Powers. He's all mojo yeah. or no mojo. <laughs> yeah, or yeah, or Nick Young or uh, somebody yeah. like Oof. maybe, but. Uh, yeah. It's uh, if he can, I feel like if he can have, he can string one or two of these games together where he just hits, like gets, goes kind of hot. He can have a couple week run where he gets back up into the, into a top 50 guy. And that's what I would sell high is when he, he's happens. going to have, he's going to have a stretch. He's going to have a stretch where mm. he, where he's going to be a top 50, maybe even a top 30 guy for a couple weeks. And that is when you sell high. Don't sell high now. Don't sell low now. Well, you're not going to drop him because you paid too much for him and he still has the occasional blow up in the scoring column and you're not going to get anything for him. So all you can do is hope for what you said. Now, top 30, I would highly doubt that, but, you know. For a week or two, maybe. Maybe, yeah. yeah. But I wasn't going to talk about this player, but somebody who I was more bullish on during our Panic or Party Pod this summer um, was Kyle Kuzma. And that's where the, the dimes have, that's where the dimes have went. This guy's just out of control. He's averaged seven point three assists the past two weeks to go with his twenty two and a half points, six and a half rebounds, two and a half threes, eighty eight percent from the line. So somebody who isn't afraid to star on a bad team. And this is my my working Jordan Poole theory. I just thought of it. I think Jordan Poole offended Kyle Kuzma, and Poole's afraid afraid he's going to get beat up in the locker room or something. Because because Kuz is actually hard. You know, he's uh, He's from uh, Flint, is Michigan. He? Yeah, he's from Flint. Like he's, you know, he wears the big pink sweaters. But I think he actually has respect as to where everyone thinks Jordan Poole's a clown. Yeah, like other NBA players. Now, other NBA players are down with coups. Man, even the referees. I was watching a game uh, last night or the night before where they were playing Detroit, and there was like a few times in a row where he got like blatantly fouled, like yeah. blatantly fouled, and. And and the refs are just like nothing, and he's looking, and he's just like looking around. Jordan like, Poole, where's the call? And they're like, you're not getting any. And Jordan, Jordan Poole, yeah, 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 yeah. And the refs are just like, we're not gonna give you this call. Like he yes. gets no no respect from anybody. He's like the annoying kid in the cafeteria who gets his uh, like his plate of food flipped over, and like nobody says anything <laughs> right like... yeah you're like uh, what's that on this person exactly so i wonder if it's affecting his uh his instagram baddies count jordan pool mm, yeah well yeah. swing at a miss sometimes but uh <laughs> but who do you got you got a miss or a make here enough wizards talk man um let's dip back into my uh waiver wire bicycle glue guy who takes a leap to year-long hold glue guy <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> I would need an acronym for this, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I've had a lot of time lately, and I would have I would have uh, put that through the workshop a little better. But uh, we're rolling with the bicycle here. Okay, uh, we're going to stick with the same presentation. Um, this player, uh, per game averages number twenty nine. His totals number thirty one. He was ninety eight percent drafted, so most people were taking a flyer. And his final ADP was one thirty four. Uh, oh, whoa. He plays for the same team he's always played for, uh, and he went to college at Alabama. Let me guess who this is. Uh, I can tell you. Uh, I don't know. This is uh, one. Her- Brandon Miller? No, it's one Herbert Jones. Oh, Herb Jones. Locked just, on Herb Jones. Locked on Herb Jones. I just wanted to give him a shout out, man. Like, uh, you know, the first thing uh, that we notice is the reason that you have Herb in the first place when you're looking at why is he this high? The first thing we notice going into his stats here is his blocks and steals, which uh, those are the areas that we've always had him. Those have gone up a a level while also his popcorn numbers have went from passable at best in the past to helpful uh, this season. So unlike Matt Schrist, who just seems to get better and better, I do think that Herb has begun to regress a bit to the mean here as I went into the numbers. But um, so I, I'm actually going to present this as someone who's overachieved, but is a sell high for me. I think if you can get any established top 50, 60 player for him, I would probably do that. Um, and some of the reasons for that uh, is his regression and free throws uh, percentage is regressing back to the mean. Um, he had a nine for nine game. And at that point he got it all the way up to 88%. I went through the box score. He's averaging 76 on the, on his, in his career. Um, so I think we're taking closer to the 78, 79%. Um, he was 75% last week. And, you know, when the Pelicans get fully healthy, they get Trey Murphy back. I think he's going to go back to like, you know, top 60, 75 moving forward. So a fantastic find. I'm not going to dive into the numbers uh, on him just, you know, for the sake of time. And you can do that. But, you know, it's been respectable. The defensive stats have been great, but it has been ticking down. And so he's the kind of player I might float some sell-high offers. If you want to try to get a top 40 guy and include him in a two-for-one, he's the sort of player that might be able to get that done. Um, But, yeah, little shout-out to Herb Jones, um, a player that we've always liked. And I was always wondering, and let me know what you think, like, is this just a prototypical like lockdown defender and it's not going to translate to fantasy. And it's nice to see that, you know, he's a season long hold at this point. You don't have to consider dropping him anymore. Yeah. I love that analysis across the board on him. I like his inclusion. Um, I like Herb Jones as a player also as a man, um, as a man. Um, I've uh, I, I have noticed though, that his, he, it's like uh and uh, defensive stats can be this way too i mean they 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 can come in bunches and i feel like with herb jones they like he he win he wins you weeks yeah. uh but then there's other weeks where he kind of just gets you ones and twos and and doesn't deliver you that much else um but uh but it is it's always fun to have a couple of those guys on your roster that can just single-handedly win you a week uh, yeah. in whatever category it is and and that is him and this year he's just doing enough to where you're not staring at it and you're like, oh, I feel a draft in here. The, the nine points and three rebounds really hurt on the day where he gives you one steal and no blocks. Yeah, and so yeah. so that floor has risen up a bit this year. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, the uh, I'm just going to touch on one guy before I move to move on to somebody else. Just a quick shout out. And, touch on him. Um, and, uh, and that's a quick shout out to Kawhi Leonard. Um, okay. A, a guy who... Who guy? A guy that was ranked at twenty. I had him at fifty-four. I was a not fun guy. 
I was not going to touch him uh, at all. I had no faith he was going to play. He hasn't missed the game this season. so That's just, incredible. There's a, a shout-out to him actually being the player that he that he can and should be. So um, uh, shout-out there. Um, I love that. I love that. Yeah. But the, the guy who I want to talk about next is – I think, I think even more. Well, him entire him and Maxi are the are the two steals of the draft uh, so far this year. Uh, this guy is a rookie, you know, um, and and he was going forty one. I had, I was more bullish on him, but I was still a little too afraid. I had him at thirty two instead of forty two. Um, he's currently the seventh best player in the entire league. Is this player Sean Kemp? This player is not Sean Kemp. This player is David Robinson. No, this player is uh, Chet Holmgren. Yeah, yeah. And we just lost Flying J. He just walked off. Just walked off. We thought he thought he was going to go through. We were going to go through a whole podcast just... about me bringing up anybody that resides <laughs> in the this. state of Oklahoma. I actually, um, I just got a, a tweet, direct message from George Carl. So I got to, I got to run, Coach Carl. Oh, you did? Wow, that's not, that's nice. That's yeah. nice. He uh, wants to play some two K live. So <laughs> okay, nice. <laughs> no, so, um, no, I'm glad you're going to do chat. I'll be quiet. Yeah, he's he he kind of deserves it here. He's absolutely just crushing it. Um, he's giving you eighteen and eight. Um, with almost two threes a game, two point three blocks. Uh, it's just he's just really he's the player that in everybody's uh, draft projections, this was like the best potential outcome, and we're seeing that right away. Uh, and that's pretty cool. It's fun to watch too. Uh, just seeing this kind of uh unique player out there that that's just so different than everybody else. And so I think the question is, will it last? You know, is this um, how sustainable is this? Um, and so, so I kind of took a look at it. And part of the reason he's up that high is he's also, he's doing all that on just extreme amazing efficiency. Um, he's shooting, uh, this year, 44% right now on three pointers, which is like That's Isaiah nice. Joe S Curry level. How many, how many um, a game? How many attempts? Uh, you know, I don't have that in front of me. I know he makes 1.8 per game. So do the um, math there, math backwards. And, uh, but so I was curious. So working backwards on long twos, he's shooting, he's shooting 33%. Um, so I think it's, I mean, not that, you know, anybody wouldn't have seen some regression there, but I think 33% is, it's a cool floor to see. So I think you're, you're going to be looking at somewhere in the thirties for that. Um, the other one is shooting 88% from the stripe, um, which is obviously prime Dirk level stuff. Um, but he shot 71% in college. So um, so you'll see some regression there. I think long-term, the positives, they, I think, have an opportunity to kind of stay up in that top 25 range is his shot chart is is really, it's kind of ideal. It's like it was, it, the shot chart is like designed by an NBA coach or something yeah. uh, because 88% of his shots are coming either within 10 feet of the rim or three pointers, which is perfect. Uh, and so I think, I think really what you're going to see for the rest of the season is his defense his reboundings. Those are real. His efficiency is going to drop a little bit, but you're, but hang on to him. You got the seal of the draft. So uh, congratulations. And, uh, uh, don't do anything rash. I do have some concerns. Let's hear it. 
like, hey, this this guy has to have a super hairy back. <laughs> like, you're getting the hideous white guy bump, and that's nice. But this guy's gotta be hairy as hell. I mean, <laughs> and we're talking like thick bristles, like you know stuff <laughs> stuff that we might need to censor this pot. <laughs> I did wait. Once I saw that cup of water go into your mouth, I was like, perfect. Oh, wow, that really almost went all over the screen. <laughs> no, no, man, he's been uh, he's been incredible. He's a nine cat dream, wet dream. Um, hard to look at. Uh, those jerseys are hard to look at. But yeah, uh, he needed to be included. And I'm really glad you did the work on that. And I went to ruin it because I'm a bitter man with no team. So, <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. I, I, I don't resent you for uh, uh, pooing that one at all. He's been he's been great. Um, I did quick in the shout out department because you gave a nice little shout out to Kawhi. Just want to give a shout out to Yusuf Nurkic, man. Um, a man who cannot make a layup to save his life. And it's sometimes hard when he leaves that thing on the side of the rim. Uh, yeah. But but for fantasy and the role he has in Phoenix, it's ideal. It's just nice to see him still churning out these nine cap friendly lines. Um, you know, you, you were able to draft him in the, in the early hundreds. He's producing top 60 value for you. Um, and it's just nice when somebody sends you a low ball offer because they're like, oh, you got him in the 11th round. Maybe you should give, uh, give him to me for my waiver wire pickup. And it's just nice to be the person that keeps rolling Nurk out there. So let's hope he can stay healthy. Uh, here's a cheers to Nurk. Here's a cheers to, uh, to the Trailblazers in other, in other markets and on other teams still producing. And, uh, oh, I did want to get your take on, say we did this podcast in three months. Um, have you seen enough out of Scoot Henderson? I know. Josh Lloyd had him recently on his buy low, sell high show as a buy low, as somebody who needs to be rostered. And I know in our particular league, he's just sitting there. Our league's too competitive and, you know, 11 guys, uh, 11 players per roster. A lot of people might not have the room, but do you see him there and you go, crap, someone should swoop him. Um, and what are their early returns? Do you have enough information? Yeah, I mean, he's currently ranked 430th in the league. Um uh yeah and so i i mean it's it's almost more of just like memes coming out of it you know i mean the fact that uh that he you know when he was injured during that time they they figured out that he couldn't really see and so what? they like i missed that and so they gave him oh yeah so they gave him contacts Laser's uh, corner by the like, way blazer's corner and uh and so, so so now he wears contacts but then they thought oh this guy uh he's gonna scratch he's gonna touch his eye he's not used to wearing contacts so we're going to give him goggles. Cause when I first watched him, I was like, Oh, he's wearing like sports goggles, like sports glasses. And like, no, no, he's wearing contacts and they're just wearing goggles over it. So he doesn't touch his eyes. Okay. Like they don't trust them enough to not like huh. hurt himself. Um, huh. Which is weird. The, the goggles look cool. Um, yeah, we love yeah he's terrible. He's absolutely terrible. Uh, he, he, he gets, he can get anywhere he wants, but then he has no idea what to do when he, once he gets there. And, uh, and his, his shots just like, are just like throw it up at the rim. Um, which isn't to say that he's not going to be something good down the line. Uh, I wouldn't hold, I do not hold him right now. Do not hold Scoot Henderson at this particular second. Unless if you're in a really him. deep league. Unless if you're in a really deep if, league. If you're in a real if you're in a 14 team league, that's yeah. fine. That and you can eat that. But but keep an eye on him because there's going to be a point where you're going to want to pick him up. And I think really that's going to probably coincide when they, once they trade Brogdon. Um they gotta trade Brogdon. When Brogdon's in the game, the Blazers just win. It's amazing. That's a bad roster. And 
the amount of games that they have won with him in it is just insane. And he they're playing him a, a lot player. of minutes, man. They're He's playing so him good. They're playing him a lot of minutes. And what confuses me is you don't need to showcase Malcolm Brogdon for a trade. The league knows what Malcolm Brogdon is. So wouldn't you want to keep him, you know, uh, in a in a protective case? I mean, the guy's out there yeah. playing thir- 34 minutes a game, you know, and uh, killing it. So I think that was the plan. And then Anthony Simons got injured and the scoot got injured and uh, they kind of uh, things went a little uh, S wire there. But uh, but yeah, no, scoot is uh, I don't think that there's I don't trade for him. Uh, at this point, yeah. but keep an eye on him. He's going, he will produce, he will produce very good numbers coming down the line. At this particular moment in time, he hasn't figured it out. The game is going too fast for him. Um, but, uh, yeah. but he, but you can tell that you can tell all the physical tools are there. Uh, and, and, and as he gets re- more reps, I think it's going to help. And I think watching Brogdon play. And, and the one thing I will say uh, before we move on to Scoot Henderson is, the move to the bench mm. has been very good for him. Right. I think having that opportunity to rebuild, uh, the game kind of has slowed down a little bit, it's playing with the backups a little bit. There's a little bit more opportunities out there. He's not getting the first team defense kind of game planning around him. Right. Um, I think if he can stay as that super six man for a while, I think that's when he's going to really pop and start putting together those big numbers. So, um, yeah, somebody to monitor, but uh, I'm not going to jump out and pick him up at this particular moment. Very sound analysis. Look, you know, and Nate watches the Blazers closely, so so I think the bias was removed. That's a fantasy take. You, you hear the emotion, but that's natural. You want that. Uh, I, it really reminds me of rookie or Jalen Green. And mm. what he ultimately did when he went on that run at the end of the year, um, which was a short window in time, three weeks to a it month. Was good, though. It was great, but would you have fantasy wanted playoffs. to – you wouldn't have wanted to bleed out for three and a half months to get there, though. You kind of want to play a game of chicken in an average size league there. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. If you can wait and you're first or second in your league and you can, yeah, and you can bite off that, that's great. Yeah, you yeah. should do that. But uh, yeah, yeah. Well, before we get out of here, I got to ask you because, you know, the people... I do have one more guy here, though, too. Oh, you got more guys. Yeah, one last guy. One last guy. Um, and I'm curious to hear your take on, on this guy. He's a guy that's down overall. Um, and, and, but it was somebody that I, I, and I think the fantasy, the broader fantasy expert community was, was higher on the consensus. Um, and that's Paolo Blancaro. Mm, let's um, talk Paolo. Let's talk Paolo. Some people really yeah. overvalue the guy. Let's talk. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I mean, he was pre ranked was 68. I know that I saw experts uh, have him ranked in the 30s. Uh, I had him at 51. He's currently uh, 150. Um, so, and, and he finished the season at 75 last year. Um, and so, and I think a lot of people were expecting this this uh, breakout after his Team USA. Uh, right performance last year yeah. yeah were you were you higher or lower on him coming into the season than uh than kind of the way you were seeing i think i was lower um he's not the kind of player i like to build around and there's always someone who likes him a little bit more than me i'm pulling up the numbers here he's a confusing player um his season rank is 122 so i'm trying to figure out what do you need to punt to make him because at a point league he's a top 40 50 oh, option i can tell you because i've, I've done the math here he's 
if what he's bad at because his 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 late his straight box scores are 26 and a half and four and a half yeah 1.8 stocks 1.43s that's all really good um but if you were in a build right now today where you were punting three throw percentage because he shoots some like gangbusters oh, yeah he's just, uh, he shoots high 65% volume 65% for the line yeah high volume and bad and he's terrible at turnovers so if you're punting those two categories, he moves up to the 42nd ranked player. He, go, he goes great with Giannis, actually. And the guy in our league <laughs> has both of them. And I've made some offers for Paolo, and he's like, no, he fits my build too well. Seems like uh, Matt Boucher, shout out, is ready to pull the plug after losing LaMelo and unload Giannis. So we'll see. The trade wins are always blown with this guy. A five for three could be pending right now. Um, yeah, he's an interesting player. He kind of is like, at this stage of his career, as far as builds, he's like the Wus- Russell Westbrook of wings, uh, as far yes. as, you know, what you got to be punting. Um, yeah, I like him, but I honestly, I was I was more on Franz Wagner, getting him, a you know, a round or two later. Um, so yeah. I'm, a, I'm more of a Franz Wagner guy as far as how I like to build my teams. And But yeah, I mean, I think the sky's the limit for him. Um, but yeah, it has to be the right build, and it, it really is a punt free throws percentage punt turnovers build. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think the, the thing is, is like he's he's not doing as well as we thought he was, but it wasn't. He's doing good in the categories where you expected him to do good in, and bad in the categories that you expected. That we might be a little challenge. So we just haven't gotten the jump yet. We haven't got. We the haven't jump. got the jump, and that is where the surprise came because I think we all were expecting a little jump. That word. Yeah, just to put a bow on Ben Carroll, you know, I think. Uh... Sophomore season, we could still see he's starting to tick up. And, uh, you know, if you're a Palo guy, you're a Palo guy. But listen, uh, this has been kind of our examination of players that have either outperformed, underperformed, or we just wanted to give them a shout out. So, you know, as we approach the quarter mark of the season here, uh, this is our uh, review of said players. But at the end of the podcast, um, we've been getting a lot of questions. I've gotten at least three messages personally. Um, about when are we going to get the next Litkey's locks? Locks. This is just a little segment where Litkey's going to take you through some of the bets he's looking at right now, some of the stuff he has pending. Uh, you know what you got in the old incubator over there on, on DraftKings, Litkey? Yeah, the the preseason I think is the funnest time because there's so much possibilities there. I laid, I think of the of the thirty teams, I I put some amount of wager on about. 17 or so 18 of them uh on their over-unders um i think there was a lot of value on i think the biggest value that i saw was on first team all rookies mm. um and i got some like pretty fun i mean i got like Kulabali, uh sar thompson um uh Keontae george all first team um and at really good like plus plus eight you know plus 800 what money was Keontae on george guys uh, let me take a look. That was. Um, I need to know. Yeah, it might take me a half a second to find this. Tell um, me, baby Keontae, girl. Keontae George is plus 600. Beautiful. Um, Beautiful. Yeah. Kulabali was plus 1600. Jeez. I'm pretty excited about that one. Sorry, Thompson. It was only plus 200, but still That's pretty nice. solid. That's a lock. Um, yeah. The, um, the, but I think the values right now, there's, uh, you know, we're kind of like, Early season, we're still kind of figuring some things out. I think on teams, I've, I've where I've had some success is that I think the uh, uh, New Orleans is kind of really hitting their stride. I've yes. been able to win some money off of them recently, um, and so I like their odds 
as you know, just as a throw-in dart in the play-in tournament, or just in general, um, kind of across the board on games. Um, you know, their play-in odds are are plus twelve hundred. I got them at I got them at plus three thousand or plus three thousand earlier or or thirty thousand. So um, the Pelicans. Yeah, I got them at thirty to one. Um, My goodness. So yeah, I was pretty happy on that. So go Pelicans. But there's some there's some good uh, I think paybacks in these in, in this in season tournament, especially because at this point it's all one game elimination. So yeah, it's gonna um, be fun. Yeah, I think that's pretty neat. the The other one, I think you can kind of uh, still get some really good values on on the awards side. Um, everything else is not that great awards, but the clutch player of the year uh, it's super up in the air. Who knows who's going to win that? And and how it's assessed as well. I mean, there's a lot of mystery to it. Yeah, the second the second favorite right now, um, or sorry, the third favorite. So the second favorite is Shea at plus eight hundred. De'Aaron Fox is plus twelve hundred. Yes. So th- I mean, those are second and third. You're getting twelve to one odds on. Right, so right, you right. Can get some good paybacks there. Um, and and then the last one I, that I've had some some hot streaks on is I love betting the Rockets at home. Um, mm. I think I think the general public still a little cool on them. Um, they haven't won a road game yet this year, so. Yeah, you know, I think careful with them on the road, but at home, uh, they're doing really well. And I think uh, there's a window to take advantage of right now. I love that. The young core in Houston is just really gelling the way they're playing together through Shingun, who really is becoming, he's stepping into that baby Joker mantra, you know, and he's been one of my guys. Uh, so I'm, I'm shocked you didn't talk about him uh, this pod. You know why? Because I'm not just here to brag. I'm here to give information to the people. And, you know, he's he's definitely out. Same with De'Aaron Fox. Both of these guys have outperformed their ADPs. But these are clear my guys, Flying Jays guys. You already know that I come correct uh, on those two. So I just want to, yeah, I actually did. And I was wondering if you do Fox or Shingun. Obviously, you assumed I would. Um, but I decided not to. But, yeah, shout out Alfred Shingun because – the way that offense is flowing through him is just be a beauty to watch. And De'Aaron Fox is him getting 30 points a game now. He's taking that final jump, uh, just pure score, uh, still giving you six and a half dimes game. Uh, just a joy to watch. I think he could have been right in there when we were doing Hallie and Maxi. Um, but I didn't want to be so obvious, you know? So that's fair. Yeah. I mean, save, save some meat on the bones for the next pod. Exactly. All right, well, this has been your quarterly review in fantasy basketball. I'm really excited for the in-season tournament. It's making fantasy basketball a little funky, but... Who do you think is going to win, by the way? That, but that's that's the price we pay. Uh, you know, actually going into it, I had the Sacramento Kings. Uh, Me too. So, so did you really? Okay, I think I might have talked yeah. about that. So I was relieved the way that worked out. I actually missed the end of that game yesterday. Um, but yeah, I just I thought they were kind of perfect. A hungry team who made the playoffs for the first time since 2005 that lost in the first round. I think they're, but a lot of these teams are treating it very seriously. So I'm, I'm stuck. Yeah, I'm stuck, sure. but, but it's going to be funky. So uh, make sure you're looking, you know, the teams who locked up those spots that play Monday and Tuesday. I, I, that's why you're seeing p- players like Harrison Barnes getting picked up. Uh, get out in front of that uh, because it's going to make fantasy basketball a little funky. You're going to have to be on it uh, to make sure you're getting enough games in. So. For sure. Yeah. No game Sunday. Nope. Nope. No, yeah, that's I'll just concentrate on football. Uh, so it'll be nice for me pretty soon. Just basketball. But right now I'm all over the place. So uh, yeah, please do follow this podcast on Twitter, projecting the jump. Follow me flying J on Twitter as well. Uh, these videos uh, have been dropping on YouTube and that's been really fun. We've gotten a little bit of engagement. 
uh, ask any questions. If something comes up, if we missed a player, if you wanted to add something in one of our takes, like like hit us up on the video. It's fun to kind of interact that way. Um, and since uh, Natron Claim um, doesn't do the whole social media thing, if the YouTube video comments start buzzing, maybe we can get some Q and A's with Natron. That'd be fun. Just on the YouTube video. Yeah, yeah, we appreciate everybody that listening, and, uh, and especially if you've made it this far, uh, we definitely appreciate everybody that's uh, been supporting the pod, and uh, um, we're excited to keep the content rolling. We love you. For Nate Sean Clean, this is your boy Flying Jay. Until next time, enjoy the in-season tournament, y'all.